Welcome to Loving Well, the new podcast series from Focus on the Family. Let's hear how some couples have done just that, loved their spouses well. We've developed this habit where we'll write sticky notes to each other, like post-it notes, and leave them for each other to find. But they're super simple, like, I love being married to you. You are such an honoring wife. I was going to pick up a coffee, and as I was standing there ordering my order, I know she likes a specific drink. So just, um, I had ordered it, and um, as I'm on my way into work, I stopped by and just dropped it off for her. So I get all the boys ready for school, take them to school. She never has to think about school prep in the mornings. Well, there are so many different ways that you can love your spouse well, and we're committed to helping you do that. In the studio with me are Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. I'm John Fuller, and uh, we're going to talk about what you can do to show love to your spouse. Well, that's so important. I mean, that's one of the most important things that we can do to keep our marriage strong. I think, John, the key is to pay attention to your spouse, just to notice what, what, what are they like? What are they into? How do they show love to other people? That'll give you such insight into what's important to them. One, they're always changing. So you have to be paying attention. Your goal is just to keep updating my understanding. Erin loves gifts. She, she's the best gift giver. I'm amazed at what she does for her friends, what she does for her family, for me, as far as just giving gifts. It's not a big deal to me, but it is to her. And I remember one time early on in our marriage, I mean, I could see this was true. And when we were in graduate school and had no money, we would often go to a Red Robin that was right around the corner to eat a hamburger. And then we would just keep our quarters throughout the week. And, and then we would play a Miss Pac-Man machine. So this is back in the day. Huh? Oh, this yeah, is way. <laughs> and so it became kind of the symbol in my mind of our love and fun and romance. Have a burger, play Miss Pac-Man. And obviously, Erin, it's a good memory for you. You're smiling it's a, now. It's a great memory. I'm smiling because of how this played out in our relationship. Oh, there's more to the story. Oh, yes. <laughs> I came home one afternoon, and this is probably maybe five years later. We were, you know, done with graduate school and. I walk into our little tiny living room, and there's this massive, upright Miss Pac-Man machine. A commercial Miss Pac-Man machine. Yes, in the middle of my living room. And he was so excited because this was his attempt to really give me a a big gift. And he thought I would love it. And the thought was so sweet. But the fact that it took up half of our living room (laughs) and I somehow needed to integrate it into my decor was a little bit challenging. I am not going to lie. I was so sad because (laughs) I drove by and saw this at a garage sale and just the memories and the reminiscing and everything that that Miss Pac-Man machine stood for, I thought that'd be Mm. the coolest gift. It didn't quite hit. Why do we do that? We guys tend to kind of think this is going to be like (laughs) the best thing ever. And our spouses don't always pick up on that. You know, it's we're different. And we talked about how differences, you know, can rise up and cause mm-hmm. issues in our first episode. But you know what? The truth is we're different in how we show love as well. Well, this is actually a great introduction to the clip we're about to hear, which is a conversation from the Focus on the Family broadcast that we all had with Jim Daly, in which you all offered uh, advice for how a man can better love his wife. You know, first, I think it's so important that that our wives understand that we are genuinely trying to love them. And I know that it's frustrating. I know that when I've offered solutions or how to fix it, that can be frustrating to Aaron. But but don't miss what's really going on. 
and that's that I, I truly am trying to love her. And so as a guy, you know, I see pain, I see frustration, I see hurt. I want to eliminate that. You know, I don't want her to feel that way. I want to help her move beyond that. And so I'm going to revert to what I do best. Okay, Aaron, why does that frustrate you when we do that? You know, it's funny. Or when, when Greg we, does that. When, yeah. Not <laughs> you do it too. You know, I've been meaning to confront you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I keep correcting Gene. you and giving you advice. But when when we do that as men, you are representing women here, Aaron. So <laughs> why does that pressure. frustrate yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny. Early on in our marriage, I didn't understand what was going on. But literally, I would bring an issue to Greg. And then he would literally, like he said, he'd try to move me beyond it. And then the the conversation would completely change. And it would suddenly be an issue between the two of us. And what I learned is that this is how they're wired to be the the problem solver, the protector, the provider. And, you know, so his heart is good that when he's offering solutions, it's not because he doesn't care. And so simply what I learned was saying, okay, let's, you know, just, okay, I hear your heart. But right now, what I need is just for you to listen. So you need to kind of grab his attention. Yes. And that does help. And just remind, you know what, this is what I'm needing because they don't always know what we need. Do you know what Gene needs all the time, you know? <laughs> no. You probably do, but, you know, have to remind Greg. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron, let me ask you this, though, because I think, out of my own experience, I think Gene sometimes will think, how could he be that dense that he doesn't get what I need right now? Uh, that's pretty common. In marriages, uh, we're not, again, we're not doing this to be offensive. Not at we're all. We're just acting out of our nature. Yes. Uh, but so how does a, a wife kind of take that deep breath and say, okay, my man doesn't have the worst thought here for me. He actually is trying to help in his way. How does she negotiate that with her husband? You know, I, I just think it's as simple as we're saying, you know, let him know what you need. I can remember one night we were laying in bed. It was eight years into our marriage. And really, this had been a major issue for us. And we were, we were laying in bed, and I started to tell him about something that had happened that day with a, a girlfriend of mine and just some relationship issues. And typically, it went directly to, this is how you fix it, and this is how you work this out. And I, you know, he was a psychologist, and he knew. and But instead, that night, we literally were laying there, and he just simply said, wow, that must have just been really challenging. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this is all new. And I kind of turned my body toward him. It literally drew me. You felt it. Yes. It um, was. But I got to tell you, here's what she said, though, that was perfect. Because I had really been working on this. And I had been spending time with God, honestly, just saying, God, in those moments, just help me to be a listener. Just help me to care. Help me to be tender. And so when she said that, and I said, yeah, wow, that sounds like that was you know hard or whatever I said. And she slowly turned her head and looked at me and went, what do you want? <laughs> like like that I was doing that to, some for some ulterior motive. Did that shock you or did it nail you? Um, it actually was the, the final straw that helped me to realize, wow, for a long time I have not been giving her what she really needs because I probably deserve that. I wasn't doing that so that we could be intimate here in just a moment. But I realized that that you know that's fair because the, a lot of times that that I'm sure that I was you know g- giving the wrong thing, and but it was great. So it seems like once I did that, yeah, and said I wasn't in trouble. You actually, yeah, scooted closer to me. Uh, Greg and Aaron, let's jump into the deep end of the pool here because one of the problems that you I s- thought we were there. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it goes deeper. We're kind of in the uh, waist deep. Now we're going neck deep. But and what it is is the expectation on men. 
today to be more sensitive, to be more in touch in this way. Uh, you know, some guys just aren't wired that way. And one of the things that has been missing in the culture for several decades now is women developing the relationship with women that I think historically women have had, where they raise children together in the village. They can. They did these things together as community. And men were out plowing the field and come back all nice and dirty. I doubt 100 years ago men came to the dinner table at 7 o'clock after plowing the field and sat at the table and said, Honey, how are you feeling today? (laughs) It just doesn't fit. I don't think it's rational to think of it that way. But today this is an expectation that men need to be more in touch with that. Um, Are we expecting too much or is it appropriate? Is this what the Lord would want from us as husbands? I would go right to Ephesians 5, 28 and 29. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies, kind of like what we just talked about. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. So to make that practical, as a guy, if I want to love her the way that she needs to be loved, I want to cherish her. Cherish, all that means, that's a mindset, that's an attitude, that's a way of thinking that says that she is incredibly valuable. You want to change your marriage today? You start by carefully understanding what is it about your wife that makes her so incredibly valuable. And how I did this? Simple. I started writing out and making a list of what is it about her that I really love? What, what do I admire about her? What, what about her personality, her character, just the way that she loves our kids? I mean, you just begin to write those things out. That's cherishing. And like Greg is saying, you know, there's that cherish piece. And that's, you know, a woman's heart longs to know that she is cherished, that she is valued for who she is, for how God created her and her uniquenesses and differences because we're different. And, you know, instead of judging those differences, really to embrace those and recognize we both bring different things to the table. But it can't stop at an attitude and cherish. It has to be you know, nourish. I love First John three eighteen talks about let us not love with mere words or tongue, but with actions. And so, you know, there's so many things he could be doing to show me that he loves me. And it's different for women. But there's some big ones, right? There are some. I heard you talk about these. There are some big ones. And, you know, really, when he leads me, you know, and that might be shocking. Yeah. People just went, what? What? Yes. It's an irritating statement. When he leads you. When he leads me, when I know that he has a bigger vision for our family and for our marriage and for our kids, you know, that is attractive to me. Because that's how the how this relationship was created, that, you know, he is the leader of our home. He's God ordained as that. And he's serving me and, you know, and we're serving each other. And that's very attractive to me, knowing that he's seeking the Lord for me and for our family. Aaron, I do want to come back to this idea of developing relationships within the wife's community with other women. It's pretty critical because I think. Um, and I want to know what you think. Is it fair that uh, maybe the expectation that, that husbands can deliver, you know, 100% of what I need is too much and that developing female, good, strong female, uh, God-centered relationships is just as important so that you can have that bonding time? How does a woman carve that time out? How is she intentional about that? And what can a husband do to uh, nurture that? Because some of the time we get jealous of that, you know, time is limited. You're spending mm-hmm. more time with your girlfriends. How do we how do we relax in that to know that mm-hmm. it's healthy yes. for our wives to do that? 
Yeah, I, I could not agree more with what you're saying because it is essential for your wife to have girlfriends, you know, good godly girlfriends to go out. Literally, there is research that shows that um, women who have good godly friendships live longer and have a higher quality of life. They're less likely to get the flu. They're less likely <laughs> to get cancer. They have more to give to you in return when they come home because that need has been met. And it's just, I cannot encourage men and just enough to give your wife that gift. Just recently, I have a, a group of girlfriends that we used to go on a girl's trip every single year. And we went for like eight years in a row. And then as our kids got older, teenagers, we all just sent our first off to college. And we hadn't seen each other in probably five years. Mm. And I went to Greg, I'm like, oh, we have so much going on. He's like, no, I'm getting you a ticket. You're going. And you know, four or five days away with those girls. We, we talk, we verbally process, we talk about, you know, the last year or where our husbands are at, how are our marriages doing? And truly the amazing thing, one woman, one of my girlfriends had really been through a challenging year in her marriage. And it was one of the girls in this group that walked with her and held her up in the midst of her marriage challenges. And literally, it was her and her husband that they basically mentored the other couple and walked with them. And literally, it brought tears to my eyes knowing that those relationships were formed long ago. And we support each other in mm -hmm. a way that is just the most phenomenal, unique way that I love that God created us to desire these relationships. Aaron, one of the difficulties many people, many couples don't have that depth of relationship. Um, you know, the tears of life, raising children, busyness with work, hectic pace, whatever the excuse might be, we don't know those people well enough. We don't have deep relationships. H how does a couple intentionally go about doing that? Um, what do they have to do? You know, it's first recognizing that you need community. And as a woman, knowing that I was created to be in relationships with other women because there's research that shows when men and women are stressed that um, as a woman, when I am stressed, I release, well, actually, we both release oxytocin, and it causes women, when it mixes with estrogen, to actually, they call it the tendon befriend hormone, to tend to our children and befriend other women. And men, on the other hand, when they release the oxytocin in stress, it mixes with testosterone, and it causes them to isolate or to go into the cave. So it's really opposite. It's totally opposite. But recognizing that when he's stressed, he wants to go in the cave. When I'm stressed, I want to socialize. You I want, want relationships. I want relationships. But when I think of that research, isn't God creative? He put that in me, in women. And when we're fighting how God created us, I think that that's when we're missing out on the wholeness of what he desires for us. Mm. And so as, as a husband and as a wife, both of us recognizing that this is something that we need as women. Mm -hmm. We need each other as mm -hmm. women. And that's a way that we can nourish our wife. Because again, as a guy, go back to that verse to cherish her, see her value, to nourish her. One of the ways that I imagine that your wife would say, you nourish me when you give me, when you bless me, when you encourage me to go out with those girlfriends. And I think, Jim, always the test is when she comes home, all of us should then benefit. So when she takes care of herself by investing in those friendships, then she should come back more energized, more to give. And so I am blessed and our children have benefited from the way that she does that. That's the test. That's some great advice from Greg and Aaron Smalley about uh, ways that we men can love our wives better. And if you'd like to learn more about showing your spouse how much you love them, 
uh, stop by our website where we have a lot of resources, focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. Look for a copy of Greg and Aaron's book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, and uh, that is a terrific book. We're going to send a copy of that to you as our way of saying thank you when you donate to the ministry of Focus on the Family. You know, John, what's unique about this book is that we looked at all the marriage research out there looking for what are the common behaviors that show up, good communication, working through problems, a shared spiritual relationship, and found that there are really 12 things that are mentioned again and again and again as far as having a great relationship. And so, boy, these are the things that, that I want to make sure that, that Aaron and I are doing because those are the things that's going to keep our marriage strong. Yeah, and spending time together, having date nights. As a matter of fact, at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash LovingWell, there's downloadable date nights. You know what I really like is there are a lot of great ideas in that downloadable date night guide. Uh, it, we're all different. I mean, we all have different uh, skill sets, gifts, ways that we express love. Um, you know, I, I somehow figured that Dean would want to have this deep heart-to-heart connection time every night. And at the end of the day, she is blitzed. I mean, she's just worn out. And there was one night when I came home and I was sharing about, hey, we were in the studio and we had Gary Chapman in there. And, and Jim Daly said, hey, John, what's your love language? Because that's, that's what we were talking about. And I said, oh, I hadn't thought about it, but... I guess it's words. And so I, I'm looking at Dina. I said, so I guess words are my love language. And she looked at me and said, so? <laughs> <laughs> now, I asked her last night, seriously, last night, knowing we were, we were going to be in here, I said, can I share that story? And she said, yeah, but it's still your stupid love language. It's not mine. And, and it, it, she smiled as she said it, and we were laughing about it. But it, we are all different. You, you've got to set aside the expectations. And what you two do is bring so many great ideas that we as individuals can uh, try out, given who we are, what our season is, and who our spouse is. I love that. Because it's, it's not only figuring out what your spouse's love language is and then caring about that, like your wife so eloquently showed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's also just recognizing that we're so busy. We've got so much going on. And it's hard to find the time to, to do those. Okay, well, we heard from uh, Greg and Aaron about how men can love their wives better. We're going to turn the corner now and talk about little ways that wives, you, can love your husband. Here's a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Kathy Lip about ways she's learned to show her husband, Roger, some love. I think the quickest way to improve your marriage is really to speak encouragement into your husband. As you guys know, my heart prayer is on my heart, loving your husband on purpose. But I think that we are in such a culture of tearing each other down, mm. finding the th- weakness in another person and using that to our advantage. And we're not taught to encourage each other. And our husbands are so desperate for that word of encouragement. Why does that come so naturally to tear down rather than to build up? Mm. I think it, it's television. It's all those things that we're always looking for that one upsmanship. And I think it's just part of our sin nature. I think mm. it's just something that we have to to fight against. And we are never taught to encourage our brother and sister when they're growing up. I think some great families do a great job of that. But like I said, it's not in our nature. And so if we can give that encouragement that our husbands are so desperate for, if we could give that to him on a regular basis, 
I have seen this happen, not dozens of times, hundreds of times where women have said, I don't think it'll work, but I'll try it. They're going in with a bad attitude, but at least they're willing to do it. And they give that word of encouragement and their husband's like, what's going on? They don't even know how to respond because mm. it's been so long mm. and it changes the trajectory of their marriage. Typically when you're dating and courting, <laughs> you get a lot of encouragement. Right. I love your hair. I love right. how tall and strong you are. Yes. We do that. And then the marriage comes and then it's, uh, man, this is not the way my mom made chicken. Mm. Well, and exactly. And you know, those things that we loved when they were dating, you know, he took charge. He was so much fun. You know, those are the words we put in the left-hand column. And when we get married, we move to the right-hand column. You know, he took charge. He's so controlling. Mm. He's so much fun. He's so irresponsible. Mm. Yeah, you know, those are the things that when we know that we're in it for the long haul, the things that we loved about our man are the things that can sometimes drive us crazy. Now, that's a, a big speed bump to get over. Yes. I mean, I can feel it. Uh, you know, even for Gene and I, there are days mm -hmm. where we may have had a little disagreement or something. I don't feel like encouraging. I should. I know that. Now I feel guilty. But in that context, how do we get over that speed bump? How do we make it a minimal bump and not a brick wall? I think if we as women can understand that the only encouragement our husband is probably going to get throughout the day is from us. When we realize we're their only source. Now for women, we get encouragement for our friends. We get encouragement from other sources, but for our man, we're it for the most part. And so when we understand how desperately he needs that and we can start looking for the good for him, you know, when you buy a new car, if you're not looking for that car, you've probably never seen it on the road. But once you buy that car, you see it everywhere. <laughs> That's right. And so it's the same thing with encouragement. When you are looking for the bad in your husband, you're going to find it. You break these down into project lessons, basically. Right. And uh, the one that stuck out for me was being his friend. Right. Uh, when you talk about guys doing things side by side, it usually is an activity. And mm -hmm. then we rib each other. Yeah. I mean, the, the, all the fun that goes with that. It's very jocular. Yes. That's a, a typically a guy's way of relating. Right. Are you suggesting that a, a woman uh, try that if your man likes to go out and play golf? Absol go out and try to hit that thing. Absolutely. My husband, part of the reason he married me was so he would have something to do on Friday nights. I, that's really <laughs> it. I, I know that. And when we were dating, if he wanted to go watch an action flick, I was right there with him. I would go to that action movie with him. Now that I'm married to him, I'm thinking I'd rather scrub grout than see <laughs> yeah. one of those kind Jean of movies. never got to the first part. She was there when we were dating. <laughs> no way am I going to an action <laughs> flick. She had other reasons that you wanted to be with her. But we go from being that buddy and friend to being that partner there where the kids and the jobs and all of that kind of stuff and we lose that friendship aspect another one that caught my attention was the issue of stress uh, mm. men and women handle stress differently yes. and respond to stress differently right i think in one of your projects you yeah. said eliminate a stressor yeah. from his life stress be gone i realized that at one point i was trying to do too much before my husband came home i got off of work before he did and so i was trying to have you know dinner on the table which is excellent. I was trying to get the laundry done and he would come home and there would be chaos everywhere. And my 
laundry table was his chair that is his favorite <laughs> chair. And so he came home and Conflict. he, yeah, he told me I felt bad moving the pile so I could sit down because I felt like you were telling me I needed to fold the pile. And so when I realized that that was stressing him out at the end of the day, I needed to make sure that's not where the laundry ended up. Is there something in his life that is causing him stress that you could take mm. off of his plate, even in a small way? Is there a chore? Like you know, maybe he mows the lawn every Saturday and or you know whenever it needs to be done could you hire a neighborhood kid or have one of your kids do that so that could be taken off as a plate and you don't brag on this and like look what I did for you you're just subtly changing the way that you approach your husband and show him love and taking those stressors off is a big way to do that Kathy uh, somebody's listening saying oh great here's another focus on the family <laughs> program throwing guilt on me because uh. I don't have that in me. I, I've got these little ankle biters, as Dr. Right. Lehman calls them. Door slammers, <laughs> yeah, got it, yeah. My energy is gone. So when he's yeah. home, I'm ready for him to rescue me. I don't have anything to give back. In fact, I'll throw the laundry in the chair. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, finally got the hint, hey? But here's the secret huh. that women are missing. I, I have to tell you, this is the greatest secret in the world. When your husband comes home, if you can give him 10 minutes of transition time, if you can give him that time for him to change from thinking about work to thinking about home, whether it's him sitting in his chair for a few minutes or him going upstairs just to change into more comfortable clothes, there is something different about the male brain. Uh, you guys think you guys <laughs> multitasking is not the strong suit for most men. It's just our brains work differently. You guys have other advantages. So if we can give you that time and you have 10 minutes of pretend daddy's not home, I have seen it happen over and over again where men will jump in and help with dinner or men will take the kids and say, we're going to go wrestle in here. Let's give mom a break. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And can I tell you, women do not believe me. They won't try it one night. But I guarantee you that for most women, this is a huge thing that if they can give their husbands that 10 minutes, he can re-enter the family situation. Boy, she, she just nailed me here, Jim, because I, <laughs> I counted. I have some strange pleasure in being able to sneak in undetected mm -hmm. and get to the bedroom mm -hmm. and close the door quietly uh, and lock it so I can change and just kind of go uh, and, and, and reorient a bit. Now, right. sometimes Dina facilitates that. Sometimes she says, oh, you're home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's exactly right. And some of it is stage of yes. family. And for me, uh, you know, this hit me. I had one foot outside my door and one foot in my door mm. opening the, our front door. And Jean met me at the door with the kids in tow yes. saying, Hell, yes. it's now your turn. It right. was that fast. Yes. I mean, I literally was not yes. even through the door. Yes. And I went, ah, this is the Gordian knot. And she <laughs> went to the Gordian knot. You know, that knot that can't be untied because I need some time. Right. Just a few minutes. And uh, and it was good. Jean reacted really well to that. She said, I could can, I be frustrated another 10 minutes. <laughs> right. It's like, I can hold on if I know there is an end in right. sight. And it can't be every night. For most families, it just can't be. There sometimes has to be, you know, there has to be give when, if you're saying, I cannot take this child one more second. You know, yeah, you got to hear that. Yeah, you have to yeah. be able to, and a husband needs to be able to respond. But if he knows, okay, but tomorrow night I get the, you know, I get some time, it can help the whole family. Uh, you talk about affirming your man. Mm. Uh, this can be hard when there's tension in the relationship. Absolutely. If it's that late. Right. Uh, but it's still helpful if you can bite the bullet 
and get that bitterness out of you. Uh, being affirming to your spouse, whether it's your husband or your wife, it's a wonderful thing to do. What magic does it work? It really does. I think that affirming your husband can change the way he walks through the world. It can change his posture. It can change how he approaches other people. When he knows that his wife is at work or at home praying for him, got, has got his back and believes in him, it changes the way he parents because he parents with confidence now, knowing that he has somebody on his side. He can walk into work saying, you know what? Work was terrible today, but I get to go home to somebody who cares about me, even if somebody here doesn't. And so I really think this is where the power of women and friendship can come in and challenging each other and holding each other accountable. Have you said something to your husband today? I believe in a good post-it note, putting a post, even if you write it where you're not really feeling it and you put it up and say, you know, it's been a hard day. Thanks for taking the kids when you got home. Or if you have to say, you know, thanks for making the bed six months ago when your mom came to visit. <laughs> if that's all you've got, write it down because he needs to hear that desperately. Kathy, here in, in your speaking and counseling, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to hear this, but uh, people have got to say to you, women have got to say to you, you don't know my husband. Right. There's, there is nothing left to right. hang my hat on for, for affirmation. Yes. He, he's not worth it. Yeah. There's nothing there, Kathy. <laughs> and can I tell you, I've been there in a different relationship with my son. Because when I was doing these projects, my husband said, why don't you do some of these with your son? And I said, I would if I liked him, but I don't right oh. now. You know, and that sounds really harsh. But when you've had teenagers, there are times when, you know, everybody else's kid looks like they're on the top of the world. And you're like, what is going on with this relationship? So I had to look desperately for things to encourage my son about. And I got so desperate. Let me tell you guys, I wrote him an email saying, I like the font you chose for your email signature. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how that's deep. A little thin. I, yes, it was. But you know what? He heard that and he received it. And he said, thanks. I looked for a long time for that font. Huh, you, you know, so these guys are desperately, desperately looking for some kind of affirmation. Mm. And there is something in your husband, something when you were dating him, something in his parenting, something in him that is worthy of calling out in him and honoring. It, it, the picture I get in my mind, Kathy, in this regard is you're building a bridge and you, you don't build a bridge all at once. You right. have to lay down a plank right? and you're still far away from the other side. And then you yeah. got to lay another plank and another plank. It's kind of what you're saying. Use affirmation to build the bridge right. so that you can open his heart up. It's it's creating a, an environment of encouragement. I think that we have to understand the reason we're affirming our husbands is not just to benefit him, though, is also to change our hearts, to change how we look at our husbands. Because when we're looking for the good, we'll find the good. When we're looking for the bad, we'll find the bad. Because it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> and it's all there in us as wives yeah. as well. And I know that that can feel like an ulterior motive, but I have to say I've seen it happen so often where when a woman starts speaking encouragement into her husband's life, she does get it back. There's sometimes an uneasy agreement that we're just going to do life. We're going to get through life. And there's no give, there's no take, there's no blessing in that relationship. And when one person says, I give up my rights, I'm just going to bless without expecting anything in return. How often that offers up a new freedom in that relationship. It really changes your own heart, doesn't it? It does. That's exactly what it does. 
and that was Kathy Lip. I love what Kathy Lip was focusing on, and she's talking about the opportunity we have to encourage our spouses. And specifically, as women, we have such an opportunity to offer encouragement to our husbands. Research is strong that shows that really men don't get the same kind of encouragement in their friendships, in their relationships, as we do in our, our female friendships. Yeah, John never says anything nice to me. So oh, You know, I, I assumed that Greg goes to work and he hears, oh, you're doing a great job, and, you know, on and Not on. Not really. Yeah, pretty, especially from <laughs> Only John. Only here in the studio. Yeah. Only yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the truth is, even if he hears it somewhere else, who he really wants it from is me. Mm-hmm. And so as women, we have, and as wives, we have such an opportunity to come alongside our husbands and encourage them. And encourage means to make courageous. So, you know, give that to your spouse, to your husband, encourage him, make him courageous. Two simple ways to do that is to offer gratitude. Thank him for what he does. You know, thank you for going to work each and every day. Thank you. You had the trash out this morning. It's been snowing here. I walked out and I was like, ah, he took the trash out. That was really nice. Showing appreciation is affirming who he is. And so look for character qualities about what you admire about him. Greg has an enormous sense of integrity. And, you know, I love that because I can trust that when he says he's going to do something, he's going to follow through and do that. And, you know, maybe occasional reminders, but, you know, really he's, he's, you know, he's got a great sense of integrity. So it's just a simple opportunity we have as wives is to really just affirm and encourage our husbands. Well, you're going to find uh, other great practical biblical advice when you get resources from Focus on the Family, like the Essentials of Romance Marriage Bundle, which includes the book by Dr. Cliff and Joyce Penner, The Married Guy's Guide to Great Sex. And uh, it's got a couple of other books as well, and a copy of the Date Night Challenge Comedy Edition DVD, so you can sit together and uh, watch that and laugh together. And again, you can donate and uh, get great resources at focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. The great news is when you do offer a donation, that it's actually used to help marriages across the country, to strengthen marriages, because over the last year, over 810,000 marriages have been strengthened and 170,000 marriages have been saved. That's significant. I want, when I donate to something, I want to know what that money's going to, and it's a significant cause. Yeah, that's like a million marriages in the past 12 months have been directly helped by Focus on the Family. So I'll add my encouragement to stop by the website, focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. At the least, make a donation. Uh, At the most, you can also order other resources. We've mentioned several of those, and I'll encourage you to do that right now. Focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. Next time, we're going to hear from Pastor Ted Cunningham. He'll have some simple, fun ways to enjoy more romance in your marriage. Get home a little bit early. Do something domestic. If you beat your wife home, get the dishwasher started. The key here is you don't even need dishes in it. Just get the dishwasher started. You'll hear more from Ted Cunningham on the next episode of Loving Well. Meanwhile, if you've enjoyed listening today, uh, leave us a review and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend to listen in as well. I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to Loving Well from Focus on the Family.